A quick thank you to Handmade, a local band here who's just released their debut EP called For You. It's on, I believe, all streaming uh, services. They allowed us initial access pre-release for their amazing song On and On, which you hear before and through uh, the podcast. If you do get a chance to check them out, uh, Handmade, not the Thai boy band, just check them out. Give them a follow on Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you might be able to search and find them. Thanks again to Handmade for an awesome track for us. Welcome to Perspectives YYC. Today is a special episode, which we recorded live at Vintage Cafe & Co. in West Hillhurst. And we sat down with Austin Kamens, who is a street artist here in Calgary. Chatted about his inspiration and um, how he approached his work. Uh, Kyle and the Media Lab gang came out and we uh, did this uh, at a table um, in the cafe. And uh, currently you're hearing an intro recorded on a tiny mic supplied by my incredible wife. Uh, and so it's gonna sound different. I apologize for that. But uh, without further ado, I hope you enjoy uh, this segment. And uh, if you can, check out uh, Austin's work at the Vintage Caffeine. Um, and uh, also, if you can uh, give us a follow, um, write us a review, and just generally uh, tell us how we're doing. Thanks very much, and uh, hope you guys are all doing well. Live-ish broadcast of Perspectives YYC. We're here at uh, Vintage Caffeine Co., which is this beautiful uh, coffee shop here in West Hillhurst. I was corrected that this is not Kensington. Isabella says it's West Hillhurst. Dang. Yeah, so don't fuck around. On Kensington Road. Yeah, you'd think. Right? You'd think it would be in Kensington then. Yeah, it's not. Austin, you're incorrect. Uh, you got it absolutely incorrect. So um, I'm sitting here with Austin. Austin, how do I pronounce your last name? Caymans. Caymans. Yeah. Right. Uh, Austin actually, and we'll see if we produce this in time, uh, has a solo show with us here at Vintage Caffeine Co. Yeah. in West Hillhurst. West Hillhurst, not Kensington. No, we like don't want to confuse West Hillhurst with Kensington. No. We want to make sure that it's clear that we are on Kensington Road. Yep. Yeah, we are. But we are, we are not in Kensington, the right. borough. Is it a borough? Kyle just shrugged at me like, just get off this topic. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk to you, Austin, uh, number one, because, uh, I don't know, you have a solo show here, our first that we set up here for a reason. I mean, I really like your work. Thank you. Um, and number two, one of the things we're beginning to wonder is how do we get um, re regular people uh, to give a shit about people that make art, especially here in Calgary? So I want to ask you, Austin, uh, how do we do that? Oh, that's a please, pretty loaded question, yeah, please solve. Please uh, solve my problem for me. I don't know if I can solve your problem, but I mean, I think it just starts with getting people connected. Like 
art is super relatable to anybody, but is it relatable enough that they want to go out to events and share in it, you know? I think it's just a matter of, yeah, just getting people connected, introducing them to why it matters for them, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think I'm kind of coming to that same conclusion, which is the sense of a narrative, a story that we need to tell, a connection we need to make, um, that, and again, we, I think we blame the digital age too much for everything because this is something that's been through human history, but this idea that art is not just disposable, but instant, that it disappears the moment you walk away from it. And, uh, and that uh, all you have to do is acknowledge that, oh yeah, that, that, that has the color blue in it. And then you walk away and you're like, oh, I saw some art. Um, so we are here, uh, we now here at Perspectives, hey guys, hey, we all right, cool. <laughs> Are uh, trying to use the word narrative, which is obviously an often used word. Um, and the, the narrative I want to establish with artists here with this local vibe in Calgary is um, starting with questions like, Austin, I mean, why do you, why do you paint, man? Like, you're a street artist. Uh, people can't see it on the audio thing, but, um, you know, it's not uh, in the form of the Renaissance masters. It's... Uh, it's got a it's got an edgy vibe to it. So I mean, maybe you could take us through what brought you into art, um, whether that was here, elsewhere, and why do you why do you paint, man? It's a good question. Um, why do I paint? I over the years I've found that painting probably is the most expressive thing visually that I can do. I've always been artistic. I've always been involved in artwork, but um, usually I grew up drawing. You know, just typical stuff like that. Yeah, I kind of started playing around with paint a number of years ago, pretty recently. And um, that was kind of at the same time that I started getting involved with graffiti and street art. And through that, actually, that was kind of my first use of color and paint and layering. And and I started to realize, you know, if I, if I took these principles and, and put them into my fine art uh, in the sketchbook or on a canvas, I could really, you know, express a lot more than what I'm doing with just ink or just pencil. Uh, so that's that's why I started painting, but why why do I create? I don't, I don't really think about it too much, but um, always took really kindly to art and just kind of wanted to follow that path as far as I could go. And it was super casual for most of my life, just something that I enjoyed. Um, but then I realized that what I what I wanted to say could be most authentically expressed through the art. That was kind of my, that's the language that I speak most comfortably. It's just really how I desire to, to share myself with the world. I could do it a number of ways, um, but I really enjoy just painting, so. Okay. I mean, uh, let's maybe look through that with starting at street art and graffiti. I mean, when do you get into that? How do you get into that? Is that in Calgary? Um, obviously... You can be as reserved as you feel you need to be to not <laughs> absolutely <laughs> reveal that you're the one that screwed everything up back in you know <laughs> well, not 1990 something maybe 2016. I, I don't know how old you are actually, Austin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that. I'll keep that a mystery. But um, yeah, I don't know really when that started. But uh, if you, I mean, it was something that okay. So I grew up in Vancouver, right? Um, Abbotsford, actually, I should say Abbotsford, but I, I was in Vancouver a lot as a kid and a lot of cool, there's a lot of graffiti and street art and just public art in that, in that area. Um, and even in Abbotsford at the time, it was, 
pretty small, but there was a lot of uh, a lot of weird little spots that had a lot of like cool artwork, legal or illegal. And uh, so I grew up seeing that, and then freight trains and, and everything else. And I was just always interested in it. I just always thought it was really cool. And uh, it kind of became, even from a young age, something that was just pretty normal. You know, you just see it on the streets. Like, it just makes sense. That's where it belongs. It, it, that's, that's how I thought of it. And I was always, you know, drawing letters, uh, sketching graffiti as a kid, like, whatever. I would have been, like... 14 maybe when I got like my first spray can and I got like a set of them and that was pretty sweet and uh that's that's really it it doesn't take much to get into just just get spray paint and start spraying yeah I mean that sounds like a simple answer but that that was that was what I did I just I just started exploring and uh playing around and it kind of just developed and I, I started to realize what you could do with it and then took that to my canvas work um, and yeah. Do you think, you know, there's a distinction maybe with ugly tags, um, negative sort of imagery, um, a classic sort of evolution of that from graffiti into street art in the hip hop scene, let's say in the seventies and eighties in New York, um, having come from Toronto, you know, that then becomes these commercial public art projects and that's happening here in Calgary where, you know, you might get some, whether they're a prominent street artist to begin with, but they start doing these mural drawings that they're prettier. Uh, you know, is there a relationship, do you think, with your family approaching art as a whole that influences you to move away from just acting cool like in a gang and trying to deface property and wanting to actually make something that builds a narrative? Or do you think that's just... Uh, I think I get what you're, what you're asking. Like, is what, like, maybe to rephrase it, like, what was the influence that, like, or is there an influence that draws me away from just like destruction and like vandalism. Yeah. Yeah. Just being a dick. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, I've had those, those moments. Right. But, um, I don't know really what it, what it would be like. My, my grandpa was a sign painter and he had his own, not, not while I was, when I was alive, but before I was born, he had his own, um, his own sign shop and he did a lot of work. That was kind of, that was his only job. Um, and so when, even after that closed down, he always stayed involved in art. So as a kid, I spent a lot of time with him uh, in BC. And uh, yeah, I mean, I always saw his work. I always, he was very clever. He was a cartoonist as well. So it was very witty. Yeah, he, he, there wasn't really anything that he couldn't draw, but it was significant beyond that. It was, it did have a narrative. It did have a message. He would kind of sitcom himself a lot of times, make jokes about his day to day or whatever. So I... I grew up with the understanding that art was to be that way. It was, it was to be significant. It was to be witty or, you know, clever or whatever, more than just visually appealing. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's that I think was a big influencer. How much of that leaked into like my graffiti street art experience? I'd say quite a bit. Um, I always try to approach things a little bit differently. I do try to, you know, stray from, that reputation of just vandalism or just tagging or, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, with this, with this project, with this exhibition, it was kind of a question of how can I blend those two worlds? How can I, you know, make nice street art and graffiti accessible to people that typically wouldn't see it? What do you think is the difference then? I mean, what, what moves us out of tags, graffiti, defacement, marring, into structured narratives, uh, the use of color, layering, all that kind of stuff, intentionality. 
Um, is there a, a specific guiding point or is it just up to the individual and some people just grow out of it and they build things or is there something that's like more yeah, structured, intentional about it? I mean, what's, right. what's your feeling with that? Well, I do, I will add real quick, like there's definitely a narrative within uh, tagging. Uh, there's definitely like a lot of culture there and you kind of have to understand too that like if you're looking at it as the manipulation of letters or the stylistic expression of a word, uh, you know, real or not real, um, you know, you, you take four letters, you take five letters and you write it as expressively as you can, as many, as, as many times as you can, as many places as you can. Matt, then, Matt just fucked up the broadcast. What's he doing? He just dropped <laughs> his camera on the table. I just like, God damn it. All right. Get out of here, Matt. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, keep going, keep going. Um, Manipulation of letters. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of expression that can that can take place within tagging, but... Fucking mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep going. Keep let's going. tag Matt's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to, like, ex- if you want to get out of that, and not, not that it's something to be... that you need to escape. Like, like, I still appreciate tags, and I still practice just writing things artistically, but, um, cause it kind of blends into a lot of like typography and fonts and style and stuff like that. So, well, but, like how many, do you think how many street artists that stay in the tagging graffiti world actually study fonts is, or is that, is that part of tagging? Cause like my I wife, say, my wife's yeah. a print person. So she understands like, it's pretty insane watching her build layouts and stuff. Uh, I'm not. So, uh, I have times new Roman, and right. Som- Comic Sans MS. Right. And I'll say that I couldn't give a fuck what they're called. And I don't understand the difference. In, like visually when I see them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or, you know, there are one, shapes. One looks normal and, and one uh, makes you really mad. Or some, or, yeah. <laughs> uh, Times New Roman makes me mad. No, 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 no. all Comic the essays. <laughs> and Comic Sans is like, no. So like, you know, when she shows me different things or she makes our lettering for the, for the shows or she builds the magazine, and she shows me the difference. I can, I can have an intuition that one right. is different than the other, but mm-hmm. the, the study of it, the typography of it, the, yeah. uh, I don't understand any of that. Like how many people would you say like actually give a shit at that level? Like, in, within, within graffiti? Yeah. Uh, I'd, probably very few. Um, and not to like outlier myself and, you know, as this like one-off, whatever. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, I know there's a lot of people that do. In the Calgary scene, uh, it's tough to say like, uh, I meet I meet a lot of people that are impressed with typography, or th- that it maybe enjoy and have the ability to recognize, you know, neat uh, fonts or whatever. But the very few that understand the fundamentals of it and then can twist that and you know have have those fundamentals leak over into their tags. And that's something going back to me just trying to be different and kind of include that narrative. Is how can I how can I take like script or uh, you know, gothic calligraphy and put it into a tag. What, what fundamentals can I cross over to kind of create my own style? And I think, I think if we want to get away from that, I think every artist should, should want to develop and, and in, a, in a sense, get away from that simplistic scrawling kind of style and really, you know, really take their style to the next level. I think you have to practice those fundamentals. I'm sitting across a young man in a hoodie and a painted uh, bomber jacket talking about gothic calligraphy. That's that's a fascinating thing. Um, I'm also assuming that that actually makes some sense because I have no idea what that means in general. But maybe we could lead from that and look at the pieces we have on the wall here at Vintage 
And I mean, can you give, is there a, a narrative that we can talk about, you know, the use of, uh, of the letter work and the shapes and the way you place them onto the canvas that actually speak to what you're talking about? Yeah, let's start with like, <clears throat> just kind of the facts. And I mean, in all of my work, I, I try my best to just um, abide by not rules, but I'll, I'll use that word fundamentals again, that, uh, you know, there's, there's certain things and you would understand in your in your your work as well that you know there are rules you you kind of want to follow and uh, composition and you know color and all that stuff like you can you can break those rules but um there's certain things that people like that just appeal to the eye and, and certain things that don't so i try to follow those but and that kind of like comes out in the layout and the color use and stuff but um as far as kind of what i'm trying to say with these pieces like i i laugh at myself a lot actually because i write the same word over and over again you know, I'll switch it up once in a while, but it's it's the same word all the time, and sometimes the letters even look the same, um, and that's that's true in almost all graffiti. Uh, typically, you have one name your whole career, and you just draw it a bunch of different ways. And so, for when you do that, to me, it really breaks down the meaning of the word and the significance of uh, the, the subject or the images. Um, and it really starts to speak for itself in more of a visual sense. So, you know, can you express two different feelings in with the same word, whether that's something really clean and straight cut or, you know, crazy and messy and really expressive. Um, so with this, with this exhibition, a lot of the pieces that I did, especially on the two above us here, uh, honey and age. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, it, I want it to be visually appealing. I want it to look nice, something that like I would want hanging in my house. But it was it was just a, a matter of like getting getting what's inside of me out onto canvas, you know. But but without uh, without taking words that specifically explain that, you know, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not really one to like choose a specific, you know. Like let, let's say you're like. I'm feeling happy. What's an image that represents happiness? A dove or some, uh, maybe peace. I don't know, whatever. And then you're, you're limited to that. There's, there's masterminds, there's geniuses that have figured out really cool ways to do that. But for me, I prefer to stray from thinking about the subject matter or the words, you know, and just let the, the brush stroke, the color, the texture, the composition speak for itself. And, Try to try to share a message that way. For happiness, I'd go with Comic Sans MS. I think. Uh, Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, looking at that, it's interesting too. You know, your not just almost your academic approach. The one thing I noticed with you as well, hang out with you a little bit, is uh, I am also meeting a lot of different, whether they're street artists or big artists, whatever, and, and you seem to actually know who they are. <laughs> well, more than I do, actually. Right. And so we run into yeah, Alex Kwong and Carl uh, uh, Van Charles and the people that we've just kind of run into. And you actually follow their work. Is that right? Or you're just yeah. aware of these people that are doing public art projects? I mean, how much of that is part of uh, your, if not process, I mean, your your awareness of what's going on around you? Yeah, I wouldn't like brand myself as like, like super in the know, but, uh, I, I do try to keep up with like the scene and that's always evolving. You're always going to be meeting people that you didn't know of or, or whatever the case, but yeah, I mean, a lot of my process is just, uh, I don't want to say following, but 
yeah, keeping track of what's going on in the city and artists that are coming up or artists that are making it, artists that aren't uh, or people that should be. I don't know. It's just kind of one big, one big ecosystem. But it's nice to know what's going on and what's new and, and what's out, right? A lot of people ask me about inspiration. Um, I speak with like a lot of youth or young artists, and probably the biggest question is like, how do I, how do I cultivate creativity? How do I become motivated? Where do I find inspiration? I think if you're asking those questions, like you're not, you're not doing enough. If you have to ask how I can how I, how I can be motivated, it's it's because I don't know. You, I think I think people think that you have to be motivated to to make work or or whatever, but you just got to do it. Um, so for me, like I don't follow the work of other artists for inspiration necessarily, but it is definitely inspiring. You'll note that I didn't ask that question uh, because I'm not a good interviewer and I didn't have any questions prepped for you. But Austin, <laughs> that's, that's if I had right. to ask you a question, I'd have yeah. to ask you, like, what, what is your inspiration? I, no, I'm just joking. Um, Dang. Thanks for listening so far. I just wanted to say that this podcast has been brought to you by Media Lab YYC. Cal Marshall runs this amazing little outfit here in downtown Calgary. Um, and we wanted to say this here at Media Lab YYC, we help you share your stories with the public, video, audio, business, personal. Let us help you take your idea to the finish line. From your reflection of um, the art scene here in Calgary, yeah. um, noting, I guess, you know, people that are making it, people that aren't, these kids that, you know, ask these questions, et cetera. Um, are you getting a feel for some direction or maybe a characteristic of what the Calgary art scene is like, at least from this world, like, you know, street art, uh, mural art? Um, is it one that you think is constructive, it's positive, that there's a lot of energy? Is, there, is it one that has kind of a negative nuance to it where either, you know, the old phrase of selling out is there, commercialization um, or, um, you know, this other thing that I'm coming across, which is that everybody seems to want to move out, not because they hate Calgary or anything, but they yeah. all think they got to go to Montreal, Alex Kwong, uh, <laughs> Toronto, LA, England. I've heard Germany is a big thing. I'm, I've been to Brazil, uh, Brazil, Jesus, uh, to Berlin. Berlin's nice. incredible. That's just like Brazil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ber Berlin in Brazil. Uh, Berlin is <laughs> beside, uh, Rio de Janeiro. No, no um, I've been to Berlin. Berlin is a beautiful city. But then my wife told me after another artist uh, brought it up that Berlin and, and Germany has become this hub for international um, cultivation of art. Uh, and they have, yeah, a different approach to academics and art, etc. than we do here in Canada. But um, I don't know, like, what's your feeling right now as a young and... Uh, I guess up and coming artist uh, is it one of hope is it one of fear is it like are you getting a, a sense from looking at all these other artists and how they exist yeah i'm definitely getting a sense of something um and i agree with you like the uh the tendency of of good good local artists to uh to dip you know when they and i mean they, you got to follow the opportunities right like if a door is open then go go for it but um heads up like i'm not the master like i, I don't know like I don't want to uh, to title Calgary anything that it isn't. This is just my this is just what I what I see. But I think it's pretty positive. I think uh, at the level that I'm at, the the people that I'm that I'm surrounded by, I see a lot of positivity. I see a lot of talent. Um, there's a lot of people in the city that I think just don't get rec recognition. That you know, and obviously that has to do something with them and their drive, right? But um, there's a lot of people that 
could be doing some really dope work and just aren't. Um, that being said, I'm working with someone right now who says that the the project that she's building is an answer to the negativity that she feels. So there's there's other people that would disagree with me um, that would say the art scene is judgmental or uh, the the culture is negative or the content being expressed is typically negative. And I'm sure there's truth to that too. So, I mean, I try to keep a positive mindset and like talking about Berlin and stuff. I didn't, I didn't know that actually about Berlin. My goal right now is just to impact my immediate community and the city. Um, and if I think from all the, all the great people that I've observed that have been successful, that's always been their, their goal initially. I think maybe we've discussed this before. I can't remember, but there's a lot of, a lot of people in history who have started with their family or their friends or their workplace to just make a change. And that's extended very far. And then in kind of an opposite way, I think at times, if you try to, if you try to make a global change too quick, but you're not reaching your friends or your family, then I don't know, maybe like if for me, I would say that my priorities are off. If that's what I'm doing, I, I try to just reach my immediate surroundings first. We, we were. I mean, uh, is that on the mic or? No, I'm just joking. Uh, I'll, I, I don't, I'd unsubscribe from Reddit. Um, but nice. I saw this at Kyle's building, sorry, at uh, Media Labs building today. Wait, did I put it on? Which Instagram did I put it on? Oh, you where's the picture? You did post a lot. I did see a lot from, oh, crap. from Reddit. Hold on a second. Yeah, Reddit, Reddit's great in its own way, but essentially it was, now I'm going to have to misquote it, but it was about uh, looking at, life and where you are as an opportunity to create what you think should exist as opposed to, uh, you know, complaining that it doesn't. Uh, and so that sort of saying came from an investment company because it was about money. Okay. But I think from an art perspective, I want to believe the same thing too, which is that, um, I don't know, if, uh, if we think that there should be a podcast in a coffee shop, with a couple of weirdos. Sounds uh, familiar. Then you should just do it. Yeah. You know? But if we spend a lot of time saying, well, these are the reasons why I can, or nobody does this in Calgary, and, you know, this only happens in uh, in Montreal, Alex Kwong, then, uh, then nothing happens, right? Um, but instead, That's we true. just do it. And whether it's good or not, like, honestly, I mean, it's, it's probably not. But we just keep pushing and keep keep making it happen, and then yeah. uh, it becomes its own thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, Again, going back to, you know, wanting to make like a huge change. Um, I'm not discrediting people that go out and do change a country or a nation or, or the world, right? But um, for me, yeah, I always try to focus on myself first, not in a selfish way, but I think there's so many people that do complain about the city uh, and the art scene and everything like that. And even outside of the art scene, just people that complain in general uh, about, you know, this needs to change and, and whatever. But if you look at our gross inability to change ourselves, right? And, and you carry that out. If you want to change the city of Calgary, you're asking everybody that lives in Calgary to change. And if you can't change yourself, it's going to be really hard, right? Uh, I think it just starts with, do you have that right attitude? Do you have, you know, do you even believe that it's possible or do you, do you have hope? Like there's a lot that needs to happen. I think personally, before we, yeah, before we start complaining. So, I mean, if you want something like a podcast, then why not you, right? I mean, you have to meet Kyle Marshall first because he has to produce it. Okay. But, yeah, outside of <laughs> that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's no problem. I um, <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, 
It's interesting trying try to create that narrative for yourself, that idea of personal growth and whatever you have to hit to kind of want to do that next thing. Yeah, I always thought that, you know, growing up there was like landmarks that you had to hit before you could be uh, successful or significant or, you know, do the next thing. But that takes all the power away from our kids, from the youth, right? That takes all the power away from anybody that's starting out. Because then the mindset becomes, until I'm 18, I can't do anything, mm. right? That's, that's totally not true. I so wish that I had realized that earlier and started earlier, uh, but, but it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. I apologize for the smug gestures of my smug fellow here. I- <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Ma- Matt. No, you know what I like about that is um, that you guys are saying things like this uh, verbally and out loud at, yeah. at such a younger age. You know, it's interesting when you get into these rote assumptions of what life is supposed to be and, you know, people that um, exist for this, that, or the other thing. Whether it's, yeah, whether it's drinking, driving, sex, university, career, salary, retirement, whatever the fuck that they have these stanchions where they're like, oh yeah, this means I'm making it. Yeah, if I have yeah. three bedrooms now and four bedrooms later, if I've got a pool, if I've got a thing. And there's nothing wrong with all, any of those things. I mean, I would love to have a pool in my, uh, in my living room. It's cool. You know, the idea of just going for a dip. Totally. Who wouldn't want to go for a dip? I would go for a dip. Yeah. But then there's something, yeah, there's something about that that becomes quite uh, shitty yeah. and, uh, and crushing. Yeah. And again, I like, I'm going to push that. I, I really believe that it goes back to that same concept where Matt you know, placed his camera again on the table. Oh, shoot. Matt. I mean, you think Don't that actually shoot Matt. I meant like, Oh shoot at Matt. I'm, I'm reserving judgment on the phrasing right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if we go for three, we got to edit that out. Yeah. It's not possible as I'm learning. <laughs> I'm yeah, I learned I had a clicky pen problem. Episode one. I remember problem. that. Yeah. I remember that. That's okay. Yeah. There's, there's no response to that. I just, I, I fucked up that podcast because I just kept <laughs> clicking my goddamn pen. <laughs> Sorry. No the, pens. No pens. No pens. Um, yeah, going back to that concept, absolutely go for a dip. But I think it, your order and your priority need to be so clear on that, that before you focus on changing your bank account and anything else, you, you've changed yourself and that you're happy with yourself, right? And if you do that first, then it doesn't matter what size pool you have, uh, you know, you'll be happy where you're at, but you'll be happy also with what, if you have more, you won't ever feel like you lack. And, uh, I think people today, so many people are unaware of that and there's that feeling of lack. Right. Um, but the sad thing is, yeah, it is, it is really shitty because you get to that point where you have everything that you've set out to get. And then you realize that you're still the same and that you're still upset, you know? One of the things I think about this sort of, yeah, this sort of uh, goal, I get, well, yeah, goal-oriented uh, planning is that we believe that once you attain whatever you think you're supposed to get, that everything's done. It's yeah. like that Hollywood story totally. idea that Hollywood is you kiss that yeah. boy, girl, or object, and then the end. Everything's happy, you know, you get a big erection, everything's good. Um, if so, if I have an insight about it uh, as a 40 year old, and I'm not, I, you know, I'm not young, I'm not old, is that uh, all those things go away too. And so right. one of the things I've been focusing on is this idea that uh, whether it's good or bad, whether you like it or you don't, um, that given time, it, it goes away. Yeah. 
So if you make money, it'll go away. If you don't make money, it'll go away. If you're famous, it'll go away. If you're not famous, it'll go away. Like everything is just, yeah. actually has no You can't meaning. take a single day and like label it as like, this is what it is. Like, it, like, like you're saying, it's, it's always subject to change. Um, the funny thing about movies and like Hollywood is that, do you know what's weird to me is that you never see, it's like you said, it's the, it's the kiss or it's the marriage or they lived happy, happily, ever, happily ever after. But uh, we don't ever see that. We don't see the day to day. We don't see like getting the mail and changing the baby's diaper. It's just, uh, it's just this big climax and this conclusion, and then that's it. So when we reach that climax in our lives, then because if we haven't had an example growing up of like what the conclusion actually looks like, and we take it from Hollywood, every little kid growing up is going to think that after you kiss this this boy or this girl it's over you know and uh that's that's super sad what i don't like too about hollywood is they've tried to challenge that but it's always bitter shitty men that write those stories and it always is like you know critically acclaimed films these days it's just miserable it's just so goddamn pessimistic it's why i've lost my love of movies i think not to blame them but i just i can't watch these movies that try to do that that try to show the next stage and then it's always well the thing is even if they did it gets properly upset. even if they did like it's it's actually boring like i i'm saying i'm not saying they should do that in movies because i would never watch them i'll be flat out but like as as entertainment it's it's very bad to just have like a normal movie where nothing bad happens and nothing good happens but i think we need to be aware that that is real that's what happens typically in real life you know well you know what i i would counter is that um instead of nothing happening uh you just get Ugwe in uh, kung fu panda who, uh, while everything's happening, he says, good news, bad news. There's only news. Like, the good and bad are what you interpret. And True. then they talk about how, uh, I can't remember who the first bad guy is, Escape from Prison. He says, that is bad news, because that's bad news for him, too, which is it's a great joke. But uh, but there's that, uh, I don't know if it's Taoist philosophy that's behind that, um, which I'm trying to adhere to, which is that it's not that nothing happens. I mean, life is full of shit that's good or bad but when we take away our uh, relational perspective of it um you know so for example if somebody uh, ran into my car outside of here at vintage you know is it good news is it bad news how are we supposed to know uh you know at first it's like oh that's so terrible is that, it's going to cost money yeah. But maybe um, maybe something else happens in five or ten years that that actually attributed something. I, who knows? Totally. So yeah. that uh, yeah, I, I, well, nihilist is a negative way to put it, but yeah, Buddhist, Shintoist, Taoist, usually East Asian, they're a little bit more um, balanced in that regard. Uh, historically, they have a lot of uh, civilizations that are always at war. So their philosophies, now no, I'm talking too much shit because I don't actually know anything about this <laughs> stuff. But uh, yeah, they yeah. historically have these... Uh, cultures that didn't have that kind of stability and so you get these perspective philosophies that are actually more about hey like chill yeah there's gonna be a new king in 10 years so fuck off like it's you know there's no point in worrying about it whereas these you know western empires are like you know that same fat fuck's been sitting up there for 60 years his son's gonna take over for him and then they get into their philosophies of how everything works in one way. Yeah. You know, this is the right way. It's the, Everybody's it's got the to like listen. elderly McDonald's crew. Yeah. Right. They're like, this is the way the world is. And they talk about it every Sunday morning. Yeah. Till they die. Yeah. It's super sad. But you know what's weird? That when yeah. they die, they're right in their own way. Yeah. I mean, they they're not happy, it. but they're, like, they're right. 
Yeah. Whatever. This is I'm, why I don't study philosophy. Don't, this is why I became a philosopher. Don't take anything I say home because it's... Well, it's now <laughs> part of the digital canon, right? There we go. Kyle it's told out me there. that this is all permanent once it's out it's there. It's impossible, impossible to be erased. Yeah. yeah. Even if you mugged Kyle right now yeah. and destroyed the device. This is, is that what I should do? It's too late. Shoot. It's in the cloud. I have absolutely no idea what the cloud is, but it, it, it's probably not there. But it is there. It actually, that's the one thing we'll work on next is actually putting it in the cloud immediately without any editing. Interesting. So why the, why the fuck not? Yeah. There's a new person here who's been, uh, yeah, looking around and videotaping us. This is the thing about live sessions. It's different than in our little cubby at Media Lab, right? I like it. Matt, like, gently caressed my back while he was gesturing to his friend. It's exciting. Essential. Yeah. Well, I presume that. Yeah, I presume that. It's easy to get distracted when you're... No, actually, this... Kyle says we have five more minutes. Okay. Like, of life? I hope not. This is it, eh? Fuck. Yeah, that'd be a problem. Uh, I don't know. What what do, what do we what should we do? So um, number one, you're going to be with us in December for the year end uh, collective show. Yes. Um, that's going to be next week because apparently it's already December. Crazy, right? I don't know. I know. What's next for you? I, I was going to bring up that you're dating this nice lady uh, who's Very studying nice. fine art. Yeah. Um, and you guys were supposed to write me an article uh, about the uh, positional sort of relationship of the value of art. Um, I'm still waiting for that, by the way. Uh, but it's too late. Five minutes doesn't give us enough time to go into that uh, treacherous territory. But maybe, you know, bringing that up, I mean, what are, what are you going to do next, Austin? Like, what, what's next for you? Do you have any kind of, like, projects that are specific to pieces to shows got some really cool stuff actually in 2019 uh all before the summer but i can't i can i just actually don't know enough about them to really to really say nothing's really finalized but uh hopefully some live artwork uh live painting in in the next year um yeah maybe maybe have my pieces up somewhere i don't know we'll see um, that's not really, that's just all projects and stuff like that. For me though, I just want to, yeah, I just want to keep, ex I just, I think if I could sum it up, what I want to do with my work primarily is just find better ways to, to share more, you know, cause when I, when I create and I look at my stuff, I get what it means and I feel what it means, but how can I make that more explicit for the audience? Um, and like I said, you know, can I take something that's visual and give it more than just the visual appeal? Can I give it more of a in-your-face message without being too in-your-face? We're working on some stuff, um, both, I don't know, I guess we'll call it perspectives. I was about to call it Media Lab, but, you know, it was my idea, guys. It was my idea. Matt? Kyle? Fucking jerks. Um... But actually, it was not my idea. It was an idea both from Mitch, who's another a member of this new team. Uh, but it wasn't even his idea. It actually originated from a show that's coming up in February um, that we're going to do for Exposure Photography Festival. Uh, it's going to be about concert photography. Cool. That's but cool. Uh, what came out of that conversation is kind of what you're getting at, which is um, the interactivity, the establishing of alternate narratives outside of just the context of the work. Um, so hopefully, Austin, you'll continue to hang out with me. Um, Oh, yeah. And maybe we can do some cool stuff coming forward. 
I don't, I don't know what's going on. I, I lost the plot. Everybody's looking at each other a little bit funny. No, I'm down. Oh. There's some romance going on here. I, I felt the temperature increase on my right side, yeah. but I wasn't actually sure what it was, <laughs> particularly from, you know, the... No, now I'm just being childish. Okay. But yeah, there's a lot to say. There's, there's a lot that needs to get out, so... No, thanks for hanging out with me. Um, I'll talk to Kyle, and hopefully we'll see if we can even get this out before the show ends. Kyle's cool. giving me the, the intentional uh, look. And then you're going to be recording with us soon anyways, because we're going to build some content for the next oh, yeah. show. Um, so, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank Comic you. Comic Sans MS. Yeah. Um, Large font. That was great. All right, cool.